Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 3, Alien Commies from the Future. All that right after this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, what is happening, my friend? Not much, sir. Really enjoyed this uh, this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How about yourself? How's your week been? Man, you know, it's been good. I'm sad we didn't get to do this S.H.I.E.L.D. episode sooner. Um, I was out of town this week. and You decided to go have a life. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere else. I, I quarantined all week because my, um, my girlfriend's father has, uh, has really bad cancer. And uh, is really immunocompromised, and so we uh, we both quarantined all week. She took the whole week off work, and so basically we had this like this that that strange thing that we've all been encountering. All of us that are kind of without jobs right now, um, this, that strange things where where everybody is like home all the time with their partner. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so uh, oh, yeah. it went well. It was not too dramatic, but it was definitely like there's definitely moments where you, she is very sweet and pretty much always wants to spend time with me. And, and I, I always want to spend time with her, too. But I'm also a little more of a like, let's go out. Let's do things. She's like, let's just be together at home. I think it was like the first time that I broke her. Um just being around me for like a full five or six days in a row. She was like, all right, let's do something else. Can we do anything else? Can we not just, can I not just stare at you? Um, <laughs> Don't you want to go somewhere else? Don't you want to go to another room and record a podcast? And you have a podcast to record. Yeah. She's always like kind of annoyed that, Oh, you have a podcast tonight. I thought we were going to spend the evening hanging out. And I'm like, okay, sorry. I, I do have the podcast tonight and she, she'll be upset or not upset. That's, that's overstating it, but she'll be like, Oh, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> and, then, and, and you then, don't want to disappoint Alyssa. Yeah, this was the first week where it's like, <laughs> I think don't 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 I, I think I hear Jeff calling from the from your office. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, we gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about Shield. Oh, Matt, Matt. <laughs> um, that's a Ken reference. Um, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Wow, we are referencing the Twitch chat. Yep, <laughs> no, we're referencing Ash Coffin, who hops on our um, Twitch live stream every Wednesday night, and how she's always yelling to her husband Ken, and it's very yeah, funny. But There's- not even during trivia. Like this is during the games that we play after trivia. Yeah. So if you if you don't know the jokes, you're just missing out. Twitch, twitch.tv and if you go and join the stranded panda army at strandedpanda.com you can get on the email list and you'll know what movie we're going to be talking about which i'm going to tell you right now is going to be guardians of the galaxy this week <gasps> i shouldn't have told you i shouldn't have oh. but we're going to do a guardians of the galaxy episode this week so hey 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 hey, hey. what's the matter love it all right let's get into some shield I freaking love the opening of this episode. Oh yeah. Are you, are you talking about the title card or the opening? The whole thing, but like just the, I love the different title cards they're doing. Yeah. I love that. They didn't there. They weren't just like a one and done, uh, with the, with the title cards being different. Like when I saw what the title card was this time, like, you know, what is the, the fifties 
alien movie or 30s 50s aliens movie yeah um and it, it like, popped up. I was, I knew what I was in for. I was like, Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah. No, I don't think they really paid off that in the episode really. Um, but man, it just, it felt like agent Carter in that cool, like retro sci-fi way, which I, I yep. loved. I mean, they had that, all that, all that retro SSR shield tech, just like they did in agent Carter. Uh, it's just a really fun episode and getting to see Sousa again. All right. I, I want your over under on this right now. What's the percentage chance that he gets on Zephyr one and stays with them for the mm. rest of the season? If, if he's in more, let's say more than five episodes, what's your, what's your percentage chance he'll be in more than five episodes, more than five. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I don't think he's going to be well, I think he no, could, they're man. still in that time period. Oh, see, I haven't even the, seen. I haven't even seen the trailer for next week. We'll watch it at the end. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not even talking about that. Like the episode ends with, oh, uh, yeah. with Mac and and Deke leaving the guy. Yeah, like leaving the guy in the desert, and he runs to the to the restaurant, and they fly away. But that's it. That's the that's the end of it. Yeah, they don't actually time jump. Um, so they could be in this time period. The thing that I'm. I, I was curious that they didn't time jump at the end, um, because it seemed like the story was over. Yeah, it seems very done yeah also we didn't see enoch yet uh there's a few surprising things about this episode i was really expecting to see enoch when they're fighting the chronicoms at the end and they're all like you know uh trying to stop the machine from destroying everyone or whatever like i thought for sure we were gonna get like a a last minute rescue from enoch enoch and koenig like riding in together i I fully expected it and then we didn't get it (laughs) on horseback (laughs) yeah (laughs) on horseback (laughs) Middle of middle of the desert, Area Fifty One. Here comes Enoch and Koenig riding in on horseback. I love it. That's 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 a fifties style B movie right there. Robots on horses. Oh my god! Yes, it is. Because <laughs> because that's the great thing is if it is this is what tw- this is forty years later. If we did have Enoch show up with a Koenig, it would be a different Koenig. <laughs> uh, it would be. This was what fifty three, fifty five. Wasn't the other one like in the twenties? Or was no, that? it was 31. Oh, 31. Okay, so it's so it's 20 tw- years later. 20, 24 years later. Still, it is. it could be a different Koenig, is all I'm saying. It very easily could have been a different Koenig by it, this point. Because that Koenig in the past could have had like a 10-year-old son or whatever uh, that we yep. didn't see. And then, oh man, it'd be so good if we see Enoch. We saw Enoch ride up on horseback with a different Koenig. <laughs> and they really would be like Bicentennial, man. What if it's like Koenig played by John Hamm? <laughs> It's like, what? It's like the one pretty Koenig? Yeah, like it's a twins type situation. <laughs> Where you got all they're all Koenig, all the Koenigs look exactly like Patton Oswalt. And then there's there's one John Ham Koenig. <laughs> you have just pitched the best movie. It's we need a remake of twins, except with John Ham. John Ham and Patton Oswalt. Yes, we do. We really do. Oh man! Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Directed by Edgar Wright. Directed by Edgar Wright, of course. Um, of course, he would do that. Yeah, he's he. John Hamm was in Baby Driver, and it was like the best John Hamm's ever been. John Hamm is great in most everything. Anyway, back to Shield. Sorry, sorry <laughs> about the John Hamm uh, diversion. No, it was it was a good reference. I threw too I threw too much in the stream, man. We we got off on a, <laughs> a tangent timeline. <laughs> 
about John Ham. John Ham is just too big of a rock to throw in the stream and not have a little not have a little uh, discussion that has to be wrapped really back is. in. Uh, we had to return the time stone on that one. Um, okay, this metaphor is losing me. <laughs> You're just floating away at this point. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so the 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 basic thrust of this episode, I, I just really enjoyed it. Like the, um, there was there were some weird things, but like I just I just love the time travel stuff, man. It's just it's just fun to begin with. Also, oh shit, I didn't even realize they're in fifty five. Yeah. <sighs> That's where they go in Back to the Future. How did I not think about that? And why did they not play Mr. Sandman as soon as they landed in the diner? That would have been a mwah touch of a uh, Back to the Future reference. But I feel like this is, by the fact that them going to 55, feels like a Back to the Future reference. I mean, it might be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, for sure. But it feels it feels like they're they're doing something with that. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a Mr. Sandman in another another episode <laughs> one of the small things in, in this episode that really made me love the the little touch that they had is that when these when these guys time jumped uh they were sitting on the ground like the the zephyr one was on the ground right and in the beginning of this episode they were like hurtling through the air and they're like oh crap it you know it threw us or whatever whatever it was that they said but mac was like how about we jump from the air from now on and like that's one of the things that has really aggravated me about uh, about time travel things where they they slide forward and back in time, right. especially if it's a if it's a thing that doesn't move, like in the time machine with Guy Pierce. Yeah, he's sitting in this device and then goes backwards. But it is said that two objects cannot occupy the same point in space at the same time. They can't. So if you're if you sit on this device and this device as you are sitting on it is different from it, what it was seconds ago and you decide to go backwards in time and it doesn't move, it's going to try to occupy the same space as the object from seconds ago. That's just, I mean, that's an inconsistency and I don't like it. Wait, so the object that's moving is occupying the same space? No, if it's not moving... If it's if it's a stationary time machine, like in the time machine, right, then it will be occupying or it will attempt to occupy the same space in uh, or the same point in space in the seconds that it is going back through. Oh, well, that's so unless, that's, that's that's presuming a few things, though, if you really yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. Well, let's get into it. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's presuming that uh that the time machine has to slide through other times to reach its time point. It's also presuming like in the time machine example, that the time machine itself is moving because if it's a stationary item, it is possible that it's only creating a field in which you move with within that field It's not necessary that the time machine itself is sliding. Well, if the time machine itself wasn't sliding through time, then it would not arrive in the future with you. Unless it just sat there the whole time. But that's the idea is that it's sitting there the whole time and you're just in a stasis bubble. Right. That's my point. So like it doesn't have to move if it's always there. Now, if the time machine does not exist throughout time and it's just popping up in those specific places, then I, then I still don't see the problem because 
unless it's sliding through time, I, I, I would say that it is lift, but it is, is becoming unmoored from time and then remoored to time. So a little stasis bubble, but it doesn't move in space. Uh, yeah, sure. Or it doesn't affect space where it is. Sure. So if it's a stationary stasis bubble, uh, the Earth would go hurtling away the, the very second they popped into the stasis bubble. Well, unless the stasis bubble is somehow locked to the Earth through some sort of like space-time GPS. <laughs> if, it, if it's affected by gravity, it has to exist on this plane. Like, come well, on, the man. The stasis bubble itself could exist on this plane. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be affected by gravity. They could have just like set in the coordinates to to wherever uh, wherever the Earth is going to be at that time. There's a lot more calculations involved in that than uh, what has been presented. Anyway, the <laughs> whole point of me talking about how the time machine did poorly and how it's inconsistent with like physics, it doesn't make sense. Is that the moving machine that we have in? In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Back to the Future yeah. in freaking Meet the Robinsons is is a, a much like it, it makes more sense. I, I disagree really with the Back to the Future one because he's still driving on the Earth and then disappears and reappears on the Earth. Like if he still would have to have some sort of calculation to like lock him because especially Back to the Future because he appears in the same exact place just a different time. Yeah, so you'd yeah, have there's to have consistency with space yeah. and the Earth moving, but Back to the Future is so much fun. You just kind of overlook that. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with Back to the Future, but it's just the most fun movie. <laughs> so with them sliding through space, or no, sorry, not with them riding a wave in time, it's kind of fun that they erupt out of the the time tide flow, whatever, hurtling through space. Yeah, it's great and. I just, I love that how they left it definitely affects how they arrive somewhere else. Like they're just completely flat spin, no control. Like if, if goose ejected, he'd die. A lot of fun. Anyway, that was going to be a small point, And then you blew this up, Matt. I don't know why you do this. Well, I have to argue for my time travel stuff. <laughs> just have to do it. Okay. Uh, but back to back to shield. Um, I, I, one of my favorite moments in the whole thing uh, is it, I knew it was going to happen, but I loved it so much that uh, Simmons gets to pretend to be agent Carter. Oh yeah. I mean, you got, you got a, a, a British character, a British lady character who looks enough like her to pass. If you don't know agent Carter, you know, it was just really wonderful. I love that. Uh, that it was Sousa that that found her out and was just yeah. kind of like going along with her, like yeah, yeah. Oh, tell was, me more. It was so beautiful. It was so how smart Sousa is, and just yep. like that wonderful moment where he says, "Oh, great, great to put a face with the name." Really great. <laughs> uh, all the, the entire that entire sequence of Sousa just like coming in, being dreading seeing his dreading seeing his ex, but also like fixing his hair. It just made him so lovable, and it, I I like Sousa so much, and I want more of Sousa in the show. Like I don't want this to be the last we see of Sousa. Yeah, always always have Sousa come back, and I mean, Colson is still there. Colson is still. Uh, off EMP'd on the floor. So 
something has to be done about that. You know, we got to go get Coulson back. Yes, that's right. Or, or do we? He's 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 they've now left a second character behind that is a robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. They did it twice. And the, this time I didn't even notice. But they did <laughs> it just twice. Like, screw all robots. Yeah. We're done with them. They're really bad at keeping up with their robots. This is why we can't have nice things. Zephyr one. This, this is why we can't have LMDs. <laughs> you just leave your toys all over the place. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite scenes in this episode was the 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 great scene where or the great thing they were doing where they were trying to make all the humans have emotional responses. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. that was really great. Uh, yeah, that was. Um, I mean, nerds are emotional people, so it should be pretty pretty easy. Like we're we're not good with dealing with emotion, but. Yeah. I don't know. There seemed to be a stereotype that uh, that Simmons was throwing out there. And I love that Colson was just like, I think this let, let's see. Let's see what happens here. Uh, I love the blade. I love the Blade Runner reference. Uh, the story he tells about the turtle getting the turtle, turning it on its back. And uh, why would you do that? Why would you leave it on its back? That, that whole thing. That's the I think. <laughs> why aren't it, you helping? I think I think they call it. In Blade Runner, is it the Voight-Kampf? It's is the, the, yeah, it's Voight-Kampf test. Yeah, yeah, the Voight-Kampf test. Uh, and they, they're trying to, I just love, I love the nerd in Coulson, like referencing Blade Runner. Um, just so many, so many fun things in this episode. Um, well, we got a whole lot of feedback about it. Do we want to just dive into that and like continue the conversation with the feedback? Yeah, we can frame the conversation around the feedback. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, the the episode had a lot of like fun Easter eggs and a lot of fun shout outs, but like overall, this was an episode in a bottle and it was a lot of fun to have it be that episode in a bottle, but not a lot really actually happened. To me, this episode is all about Sousa. Like this is about presenting Sousa as a character and letting the crew have a little fun in the 50s. Like it doesn't really... I enjoyed all the stuff about the guy thinking they were commies and him like resisting, um, you know, the, the interrogation. racism and xenophobia. Yeah. I, I, it was, it was great. And I loved, uh, Deke going into the room and being like, really, you just go straight to that. Don't you? Like when he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, I'm glad to talk to the bot man in charge. And he's like, really, you just go straight to that. Do you? Um, that was really, really wonderful. Um, yeah. So I, I, I loved it. And it's just like, just because they're of all different races and stuff, the guy's just assuming they're some sort of communist plot. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when they were trying to decide that it was supposed to be Deke to go in there and then like Mac looks back at everybody and I was like, oh shit, we got a really diverse cast here. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't hit me until that point. I love it. He's like, oh, uh, why me? I don't have any shield training. And, and Mac's like, Please, don't, do make it, me say don't make it. me say it. Cause it's like, it's like, you're our token white guy. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. You're our token white guy. You're going to have to go handle this. <laughs> it's so like, good. Oh man. And the whole, whole time this episode was playing, I was like, man, they, there's no way they could have timed this, but like, there's a lot of a lot of racial tension going on in this episode. Like they could not have timed this to go along with major world events. Like there's no way. Could they? They definitely did not. And actually I, I found it in light of what's going on. I found certain moments in this kind of tone diff. 
Yeah, almost. Because some of the stuff, I mean, obviously the, uh, like it's so many, so many things in this episode relate to what's kind of going on. And I, uh, not to get too deep on it, uh, but like people assuming that people with other races, uh, just are communists. Like that's kind of what's going on right now with the black lives matter movement. Like they say the black lives matter and they're like, it's a communist plot. It's like, no, they, no, <laughs> like, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And then it's like, uh, there's that there, uh, another tone deaf thing that like, I don't think they would have included if it was the current, uh, thing had already current stuff had already happened. Um, when may hits the floor and starts yelling, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oof. I was like, yeah. yikes, yikes. Yeah. This is a, this is a sort of a tone deaf moment for this episode. Um, but they didn't know that when this episode was filmed. So, crazy kind of crazy yeah oh oh it, it makes you do the uh the the inhale through your teeth thing like that yeah yeah for sure for sure anyway Emily Sissel hit us on Twitter, said, listening to S.H.I.E.L.D. feedback, and Peggy did officially get together with Sousa at the end of season two. Thank you for clarifying that, Emily, because we were discussing it last episode. We could not remember. It's been, how many years has it been since that show? Mm, A lot. A considerable amount of time. Yeah, that's a good call. Thanks, Enoch. (laughs) Of course. Trusted friend. (laughs) (laughs) We now have Sousa, who we love. And a passed out, incapacitated Coulson on the ground. And then in another time, we have the Enoch and Koenig show starting up. And I'm assuming that Sousa would go to their robotics expert to get Coulson fixed up. So now we have this like weird Coulson, Enoch. I feel like they could, if they wanted to, have a just like... Like, like, say the next episode starts with the uh, the time stream telling them they have to jump. And they're like, but Coulson's down there. We can't leave. We have to. And they leave, right? Um, sure. We have to. It's for the sake of whatever. We have to trust Coulson. Um, not knowing he's, like, incapacitated on the ground. Which, his eyes were flickering different color at the end. I don't know what that meant. Do you know what that means? I don't know what that means. Yeah. It, it like, zoomed in on his eyes as if he was waking up. And his eyes, like, kind of like and they like flickered to brown from blue or something like it was real weird really strange yeah i don't know no I, don't know. I, I mean he's a robot so he's a robot could be anything we're gonna see but but anyway so we've got these two robots who can live as long as they want who have as much time as they want uh, who uh, who knows when they're going to jump to but like i would love it if in a, in a future episode instead of it just being enoch and koenig showing up it's like enoch koenig colson and susa all show up to save the day you know it could be fun Totally badass. I would love to see Enoch being the robotics expert working on Coulson, trying not to give away that he knows Coulson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Coulson could be a, or like, you know, Koenig, I was thinking Koenig being the robotics expert because it'd be like, you know, he's fascinated with it, passes it down to his son who becomes fascinated with robots and, uh, you know, uh, is working in the robotics field. But yeah, it also could just be, uh, Enoch himself working on Coulson and them both having to pretend they don't know Coulson because they, because Sousa thinks he's a traitor and, uh, somehow, uh, Koenig and Enoch have to save Coulson and get him out of there. And Sousa thinks that shield has been infiltrated. Uh, he doesn't know by Hydra, but definitely post-war people 
So yeah, I loved that. I loved that so much. And that made me think that's one of the reasons I think he's going to join the show because if he thinks that Hydra exists already or like that someone is infiltrating shield, he's in danger because if yep. he tries to push that up the, up the chain of command, he's going to get found out by Hydra and they're going to try to kill him. So like kind of what I was expecting this episode to end. And I suppose it could be the next episode or even the next is that like, Sousa, they look at like Sousa's records and they go, Sousa is actually going to die like tonight or something <gasps> like that. And like, like, like the Hydra kills him. Like we didn't know it was Hydra, but actually winter soldier kills him tonight. Um, and then they have to like go save him from winter soldier. <laughs> no, 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 no. Even better than this. Oh my God, Matt, okay. even better right. than this. Right. Okay. He, he's going to die. Like the timeline says he's going to die from winter soldier and, uh, the, the chronicoms try to save him. Oh no. The chronicoms try to save and him. They have to kill Susa to save the, save the world. No, Susa doesn't die. He just disappears because he gets on a time ship. Oh, uh, I love that. Do you know the ep- Star Trek episode city at the edge of forever? No. Uh, the, it is, it is about, um, it's, it's kind of the trolley problem, the classic trolley problem. And it is, um, Captain Kirk, uh, the, someone jumps back in time and does something that makes all the Federation disappear back in time. And so mm-hmm. Kirk has to jump back in time to stop them from doing whatever they do that causes the world to f- like not exist, the future to be ruined. And it turns out the thing that it, they realize is this woman who Kirk falls in love with, of course, um, and this woman who you just really care about because she's just a good person. Her name's Edith Keeler. Uh, she's she's just like a really great uh, great person, and she's like running a soup kitchen. She's just like a really really. Um, like empathetic, sympathetic character. And what they realize is the thing that, uh, the thing that has to happen for the future to exist is she has to die. And it's the, the question of like, if we save her life, we know she's going to get hit by a car on this day. If her life is saved, this good woman, if her life is saved, it destroys the rest of the future. And Kirk has like sort of already fallen for her. And, and it's like Kirk has to decide whether he's going to let her die or not. <laughs> I, I like that you call it a trolley problem because, you know, the trolley problem is traditionally like there's like 10 people on one side and one person on one. It's like, oh, no, this is one person versus the universe. Well, it's the future and it's the it's the future of the Federation. So, like, it's not necessarily yeah. the, the universe does does exist. It's just it, the future they know doesn't exist. So it's like. That's no, a bad version of the future because it doesn't have the Federation. Yeah, yeah, agreed, and that's that's how mm-hmm. they feel. Um, but like, that's that's. The I'm not question. sure how she would feel. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really uh, and and in the end of the episode, uh, spoiler alert. So it's it's one of the it's well known as one of the best Star Trek episodes of all time. The end of the episode, what what happens is Bones, the Doctor, uh, he's the one who jumps back. He has some sort of like cr- some sort of crazy serum running through his blood, and he like is sent back. Uh, and he like saves, he's sort of irrational and he's running around and he's kind of like having some sort of crazy fit and he, he jumps out and saves her life. And so they jump back in time and they end up jumping back in time like a few months before he does. 
And so, right. So they finally, after he's like, you know, fallen in love with her and all this stuff, like he has to like watch her get in front of a car and then bones comes out of nowhere and runs to save her. And he has to grab bones and stop him from saving her. And it's like super tragic. <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah, it's rough. So that that the, so your the idea of Sousa needs to die. That is exactly the idea. So good job. You just wrote a classic Star Trek episode. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad that uh, glad I did that all on my own with no help from anyone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, it's it's great. It would be it would be really wonderful if Sousa. Uh, Susa needed to die, but I do like the idea of taking a twist on that classic story and actually letting him survive by jumping in the time ship and he gets yeah. to escape and maybe they fake, maybe they, Ooh, they could use that Chronicom face technology to fake a death and like throw a Susa body down on the tracks and like run off with the real Susa. Or they just, uh, they, they make Enoch or, um, or Colson, Taking uh, take Seuss's face and get run over. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're robots. Yeah, they're robots. And then like they wait until they get buried, and then they burst up out of the ground, and then that begins the zombie uh, genre. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Uh, yeah, this is about the right time. <laughs> it's perfect it? time. When, when is Night of the Living Dead? Sixties or is it fifties? I think it was the. Oh God, I don't know. Sixty-eight. So yeah, like a, a young George Romero <laughs> sees sees a Enoch get up, and he's that get that disaffected sort of like walking slow thing, and talks like this. And at the beginning of uh, George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead, there's a guy who goes, uh, "They're coming to get you, Barbara." <laughs> and uh, it be it actually does kind of sound like Enoch. I'm liking this idea more and more. <laughs> Uh, I love that I, I threw out a stupid idea and then you talked yourself into liking it. <laughs> yeah, man. 100%. So that's what we do around here. <laughs> we convince ourselves our, our bad ideas are good. Hence, a podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> here we are at Stranded Panda. All right. <laughs> let's move on, please. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Jeffrey James says, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 3, non-spoilers. Hmm, lots of good character development, but a pretty big plot hole. Overall, it had the feeling of a filler episode. And then, spoilers, I'm sure everyone figured this out, but if Simmons wasn't zeroed out by the EMP device, she's not an LMD. Uh, in any case, there is no way Sousa would have believed a young female as a CIA agent just on its surface. Deke would have been Deke would have been more believable. Uh, but even then, it was already established that people with fake credentials had made it into the base. Sousa isn't an, an idiot. Also, how did Sousa get out of the prison cell? Did I miss something? Yeah, I, I find I find it strange. Not necessarily that she's female or young, but that like he believed that after he was just fooled by others. Like that does seem or he's others were just fooled, you know what I mean? That after does he was just the the out guy for sorry he's the guy that outed the other ones that tried it like yeah. oh it's the day of infiltrators uh who do you say that you're from because i have to put you in the cell now yeah yeah exactly so uh he makes a great point that simmons is apparently not a chronicom 
Did we see Simmons after the EMP I'm, went off? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually watching it now. But um, I, it, you see her. She's the one who pulls the trigger on it. At first, I thought, oh, maybe she just wasn't close to it. But no, she's she's the one who pulls the trigger. <laughs> or like, yeah. And then yeah, she 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 fixes it and sets it off. Now, perhaps she is a more advanced Chronicom because she hadn't had a considerable amount of time to work on herself. And uh, you are correct. A, we never see her after that. Maybe she's got a bit of uh, a bit of EMP shielding. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if she's fine next episode or not, because they apparently uh, did not show us this episode. That's interesting. Mm. Feels feels like maybe she could be still then. So good, good, bum, good bum, point, bum, though. Bum, 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 now it's like she's like Schrodinger's Simmons. I dig it. <laughs> um, as for him getting out of the cell, I don't see that as a big plot hole. He is like the director of the facility. I'm assuming if he's yelling uh, that one of the guards would let him out. <laughs> so that uh, you know it's headcanon but I think it's pretty solid headcanon yeah I mean I, I had a bit of an inconsistency uh, there as well though like he comes running around the corner I'm like how the hell did you get out of your cell yeah and um, I'm okay with him not answering it because like any number of things any number of things could have happened especially with the alarms going off like it's usually uh, one would say uncouth to leave prisoners in a burning building. Yeah, that's that's fair too. <laughs> so fair point. You know, maybe the door unlocked on its own because the alarm was going off. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but also, it. I I still think just the idea of someone yelling out, "Hey, let hey let me out!" It's the director. <laughs> hey, I'm of the director freaking <laughs> Sousa. Yeah. Um, then Haley Hobbs wrote us, uh, and there's a, there's a thing for next week. It says, um, uh, Marvel's agent shield goes noir on Wednesdays. Uh, and it shows like some black and white photos from, I guess next week. And she said, how incredible would it be if Spider-Man noir crossed over as a cameo <laughs> with the voice of Nick cage or just Nick cage? Yeah. Oh, it'd be so good. <laughs> be so, so, be great. so good. Even if he wasn't snow nor Spider-Man, just like Nick cage showing up in a similar outfit. I would, I would love that. I would freaking love that. Yes. That would be so great. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Drew Greg said, hi guys, I'm writing this email before seeing this week's agents of shield episode. I have a theory. In episode 702, Simmons said that if they kill Malik, that they would return to the future that isn't their own. Episode 704 is called Out of the Past. I think that in 703, something's going to happen that completely messes with the timeline. Uh, they'll head to the future in 704 to a world ruled by the Chronicoms. Then they have to go back in time and fix the mistake that they made in 703, all prisoner of Azkaban style. So that's my theory. Thanks for the great podcast. Mm, I like it. Or Back to the Future 2 style. That's also a possibility. But yes, <laughs> I, 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 interesting. Out of the past. Hmm. What else could out of the past mean? Uh, we're plucking Daniel Sousa out of the past? Yeah, that's what I want. Oh, yeah. They, they jump up forward to like the 80s or something and he has to like it'd be really just it's one of the fun things about a good time travel story like a fun time travel story like back to the future which i'm going to reference constantly this season um 
<laughs> is that you just get those fun fish out of water moments and having someone from the fifties be super impressed by the technology of the eighties while you have a guy from the distant future on the ship who already is really funny and like constantly referencing all this stuff like that just, that's just tailor made for fun banter and silly, silly like references. And I just, I want it all. I want it all. Well, yeah, the the way that you tell it there, like you've got a guy from the 50s who's impressed by the technology of the 80s, but we've got our, our current um, current timeline people, you know, Simmons, um, Daisy, May, you know, yeah, the agents. Yeah, normal, normal folks from the from the They're 2020s. not impressed by the 80s tech. They're just like, oh, oh man, yeah. if you only knew. And then Deke's just like, if you only knew. Yeah, and then Deke's trying to patent all their tech uh, <laughs> in the 80s. Um, he's, De- Deke's the guy who's finding himself a sports almanac so he can do some sports betting. Yep, yep. But we all know that's the rules of time travel. You don't kiss your mother and you don't... Uh, uh, do any sports betting? <laughs> Does he say kiss your mother in the uh, in in game? I can't remember. What is it? What does Scott Lang say in end game? I know he says no no betting on sports or whatever. Uh, I, I don't remember it. honestly. That uh, if you don't know, that is also a Back to the Future reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, well, I think actually that's what t- doesn't Tony say Back to the Future? I, I'm 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 fuzzy on that scene, but uh, he said I think I think Tony says, "Are you saying that?" all of your time travel knowledge you're getting from back to the future or does he say just a movie um either way either way so good i gotta go watch endgame again yeah yeah pretty soon we're gonna do that one in trivia just so i can watch it that's a that's a big movie man yeah might have to have all of the questions about that one. Oh yeah oh that would be kind of fun to just do a week of all the questions about a movie Give give like supreme reason to rewatch, especially if we go super deep like we have been, but like on a three hour movie. Yeah. All right, let's get these last few feedbacks. Okay. I'm okay. I can do this. Oh eight four says I'm still processing, but this was maybe my favorite episode in years. That's awesome. It mixed everything good about the older mission oriented episodes of Shield with all the threats and tools that have been piling up in the last few seasons. I like that they brought Souza in as an obstacle at first, but it'll be fun to hopefully have him allied with the team in later episodes. The line she couldn't stay with Rick, she had to go with Victor, really gave me vibes of what I'm sure Sousa experienced when Cap showed up to get Peggy back in whatever timeline that would have happened in. Uh, I do like that he was on to Hydra infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. all the way back here in 55, although I wonder if that means he was one of the Winter Soldier's earliest victims off screen. Hey! <laughs> there it is! There it is! Same idea, I love it. <laughs> all three of us have had that idea so it's obviously gonna happen yeah that's how the hive mind works mm-hmm. oh the uh, hive i'm just kidding no god <laughs> let's, let's, let's not go on a different tangent about the hive sorry simmons getting her agent carter on was fun and it makes sense that in this age where word of mouth was bigger than anything else she would be able to get away with it until running into someone who actually knew peggy uh, she gets less and less robotic in every episode since the season six finale but then again colson isn't exactly robotic either so i'm still team lmd fitzsimmons all right i liked i like it but if she's awake after that uh I'll feel cheated if she's awake after that. Uh, like if they do go with like she's an upgraded LMD, I'll be yeah. I'll feel cheated because I'll feel like they broke the rules. 
um <laughs> you know or or if they don't yeah. explain it i'll be even more pissed like they maybe didn't notice or something like that that'll really make me mad but uh i'm getting mad about things that aren't happening so let's keep moving <laughs> uh wait says other things i enjoyed simmons finding out where in time they are with the radio seems like something i would have done that scene just felt like such a classic time travel scene like the radio's on let's figure this out yep Yep. Uh, the deeper look into the past, this white supremacy and the line, stupid white privilege. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the line came from Deke, and yeah. stupid white privilege. I love that line. Uh, the continued storyline of Daisy getting opportunities to destroy the organization that turned both her parents into monsters. Yeah. It's always fun. Uh, the after effects of season six on May and Yo-Yo. The idea that EMPs are the best weapon against Chronicoms. Side note, Ada had EMP-proof batteries, even before Radcliffe got a hold of the Dark Gold. Why are the Chronicoms not as smart as Radcliffe? That is a little weird. Unless they are... Well, no. No, it, it, brought, down, uh, it brought down even the one that was out at that facility, right? The EMP... Like, she... she, she the EMP is what brought down the one that they were fighting... Oh, yeah, outside, the, yeah, outside, it was a huge too, radius. Right. Yeah, 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 never mind. I mean, if we're going based on what Holden Radcliffe already had, then Coulson should have survived because he was based on that LMD technology. Mm, I, well, he's based on that LMD technology combined with Chronicom technology, so... And they were just like, ah, we don't need EMP shielding, get out of here. Yeah, that is kind of dumb, isn't it? Yeah, you could have this latent built-in defense feature that doesn't really take up any extra space and uh, yeah that's kind of <laughs> dumb that is that is that is basically a plot hole i don't like that <laughs> yep yep uh, all in all it was a great and fun episode and exactly the kind of content i wanted from this season can't wait to see where Coles, where the colson cliffhanger leads and how they get him back from shield before that ripple turns into a wave until next time true believers excelsior yeah Oh. Okay, so here's my here's my head cannon for that. Um, uh, the well, no, because the the chronic so like LMDs have that shielding, but the chronicoms don't. Uh, so our LMDs should have it, but Fitz told her not to give it to them. You know, he's given them some sort of information from a some sort of post where he can knows more than they do. So maybe. He told them not to give Colson shielding because he knew maybe maybe he got a hold of the time stone <laughs> and looked at all 14 million possibilities. <laughs> all right, this one's hard to hit cannon. It's a it, this this one's kind of rough, kind of a rough. Bottle. So Fitz is just sitting in a white room command center with a pair of weirdly shaped gloves on. And he's got his hands held up toward the screen and he's doing minority report. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Well, we're kind of getting that with, uh, that's, you say that, but that's literally what the, uh, they call her the predictor is doing. Oh yeah. 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 That's like literally what she's doing. So like I could imagine they said, they, they say like the chronicoms, we only have one predictor. And like, I could imagine that they, uh, you know, Fitz and Simmons went off with Enoch to figure out what was going on. And they learned about the Chronicoms and, and they were like, well, to defeat them, we need a predictor. And maybe Fitz is their predictor. 
And so both teams, like the Chronicoms and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are opposing teams on a chessboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On a fourth dimensional chessboard. Yeah, and if that's the case, then it's very possible that um, they they intentionally left a shielding off, knowing that he'd get left in the 55 and have to like forge a friendship with Suso or something like that. Speaking of... I love that Coulson's taking pictures with his glasses. That was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he like when he, when he reseats his glasses and it takes a picture, it feels like he's taking a selfie. <laughs> like he's taking a selfie with the celebrity or just like snapping a picture of the celebrity. Like right. this yeah. one's for the archives. Absolutely. When he does it to Sousa, like he does it once and it's like part of the mission. And then the next time he does it, he's clearly just taking a picture of Sousa and it's super fun. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I think that, you know, the the pictures from the glasses also fed back into the Zephyr one. So it was like he was just kind of giving point in time photo updates. Right. Of the mission. Yeah. Well, I think the one time I, f- I forget why they did it, but they did it. The first time they did it was like a specific thing they needed a picture of to, you know, do some sort of looking up something or something. I don't even remember. But couldn't that just be an always on camera? Uh, yeah, I suppose it could. Um, the resolution probably wouldn't be as good. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, snapshots are a lot higher resolution than, uh, any, any video codec or whatever. Well, yeah, but, but it's possible. It's, it's, I mean, his eyes could be a constant video feed. That is true. He is a robot. He's a robot. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Oh yeah, we've already had that technology. That was in freaking season one. Anyway, so some of the some of the tech stuff they're doing in this season is a little like forgetting what they did in last season, the previous seasons, which is annoying. But I'm I'm having so much fun with the characters that I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, yeah, kind of the same reason that we can overlook some of the glaring inconsistencies in Back to the Future. We uh, overlook oh, it because yeah. we're having so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Back to the Future's a mess. Like the types of time <laughs> travel and uh, yeah. As much as I like a tight universe, it, it is not that. I mean, it's, it, is, it is until you think about things really deeply and you start going, oh, but why does this happen? Um, there, there's, a, there's, there's, the, there's a lot of videos online of like why Back to the Future doesn't work. Let me tell you one thing about Back to the Future. I know we're, we need to get back and finish our our, our, our discussion, but something I learned about back to the future recently, and I already love these movies so much. They're like foundational to the stuff that I love. And there is a sequence in back to the future one. And then in back to the future two, he has to go back to that same time and exist in the background of a bunch of scenes from the first movie. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I've always loved that part because it's like he's kind of dangling in the background of the first movie, like literally. <laughs> and it's like super funny. They even like took the footage from the first movie and like had him like like sneaking around in the background. It's super fun. Um, but what I freaking love that I never knew until this year, someone took the two footages on YouTube and played them next to each other. They kept the timing of that entire sequence. So that from one moment in the movie to another moment in the movie is the exact same amount of time. Even though he like leaves the scenes and does other things and goes back and like comes forward. The director was just like super strict and kept exact moments of timing in the entire sequence. 
That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's super fun. Oh, man. I love it. <laughs> I love it so that's much. That, uh, that's a tight continuity. That is some tight continuity. <laughs> uh, Drew Greg said, Hi, Matt and Jeff. I'm 25% Italian. Jeff can do his accent. <laughs> <sighs> Come on, just one. I, a few people wrote in and asked for accents, but we've had, we had some pushback on the accents. Uh, I think when we had such a long one. Uh, last week so so we've been trying to cut cut them out of the long ones we're not doing too many long accents but you know what this isn't that long jeff throw in one for the for the gipper (laughs) i love i love this so much that you're that you're like sad about doing the accents because you were doing accents i didn't really like that you were doing accents and i basically locked you in a closet with a carton of cigarettes For the win, man. For the win. <laughs> well, part of it is also that my throat hurts. Oh, okay. Well, don't do it. Don't do it if your throat hurts. I'll even read no. it. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. It's me, Mario. <laughs> I was on several beta testing calls with Microsoft representatives uh, doing testing for uh, Azure Classroom Labs. Mm-hmm. And the, the team that was developing Azure Classroom Labs was led by an Italian man who had the most amazing accent. And I like, I want to copy him, but I also know that I won't do it full justice. And like, his name is Luca Bolognese. Like, he's very Italian. And I know that I won't do it justice, but like... I know that you won't do it justice. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to go full Mario. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. A hysterical episode. My prediction could not have been more wrong. Is this what that feels like for you guys? <laughs> it was great seeing Susa again. Wonder why he and Peggy aren't working together anymore. Maybe someone from her past showed up? I definitely think that's what they were hinting at. Thanks for the great podcast. Moist. <laughs> Drew. That was a great email, Drew. Thank you, Drew, for your goofy-ass email. My favorite part is, uh, this is, I couldn't have been more wrong, is this what this feels like for you guys? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's what we do, man. We, we bat. A very low percentage, but when when we get them right, we really brag about it. Man, uh, <laughs> you can't hit a home run if you never swing the bat. Yeah, we just like to swing the bat around here. We just like to swing the bat around here. <laughs> like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Moist. Moist. All right, we, we, should, we, should we do a uh, this last uh, a voicemail? Last voicemail. Here we go. Yeah. We got a voicemail. Hey, guys. Jordan here. Uh, I'm listening to the Season 7, Episode 2 of S.H.I.E.L.D. Feedback episode, and you guys are talking about time travel stuff right now, and we're driving to work, and I I have a thought, and I just ate a sandwich, H-I-M-Y-M reference. Um, so it's hard for me to think about it right now, but why can't, why can't the MCU have all forms of time travel? All forms, any, any form that's ever been thought of. And what they have to realize is that using a different form of time travel could have much worse consequences than a different form. Like, could that be a possibility? 
Uh, not sure, but love to hear you guys talk about it. Love to hear you guys. Thanks again for all you do. Bye. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in again, Jordan. Um, yeah, I love that theory. I, I do. We've talked about it a little bit before something like that, where like. It's we've talked about you know if certain time travel things don't add up like Runaways versus Shield versus Endgame, um, it could just be that they all operate with a different technology that maybe harnesses a different t- power of physics that maybe causes different things. But so far, I really like what they're doing with Shield. It like puts Endgame in a context that like I, I think it really is working, and I, I like it a lot. I like the I like the time stream idea, and I like the the uh, the theory that I read on Reddit that you know kind of explains how all four of them or four all of the forms of time travel that have been used uh, kind of can work in tandem with each other and it's all part of the same general time stream or flow of time yeah um i and i like the i like the idea that jordan has of like all of them can exist and they all have different consequences in the way that they're used i love that it allows for character choices which is what all good stories should do. Yes, yeah. It, it allows for the character to have choices as far as what form of time travel they go with, but it also, it, it allows for a difference of, um, like a difference of scientific theory, I guess, between them and how they quantify time travel working in their heads. So like, you know, with Deke and his, and his time stream, he's just like, yeah, I don't subscribe to that multiverse thing. Like, but the multiverse is there, man. <laughs> like we're seeing that. It's obviously a thing, and he's like, "Nah." So I just I love that that even within the scientific community, there's that kind of back and forth on like, "No, this is how time travel works." It's like, "No, this is." No, they're all right. Yeah, it's I, almost like religion. Yeah, yeah, I, and I like that kind of thing. I like when. You can have a lot of different perspectives and a lot of people thinking it's one way or the other. Audrey Sparks in this message. Hey guys, just listening to your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode to feedback and we got to get this time travel thing cleared up. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it. Perfect. Perfect timing. We have seen various ways of time travel in the MCU. I know it was a big deal in Endgame, but we had monoliths. We had fits in deep sleep, and we had shrinking time travel, and now we have the ship. Each way could have different rules or effects. Think about it. One could create timelines like endgame time travel. One could affect time. One could just change reality in general. All I know is, I think we're going to get a twist in the end. Lastly, guys, Old Man Cap is our Cap. He's a cheat. Because as long as his old self stays frozen in, until 2008, and then everything can just run his course. Future Cap can go back in time, and our timeline is not affected, and who knows Future Cap could, could have been in the background this whole time making things happen. Think about it. Keep it up, guys. Love the cast. Andre. Yeah. All of that is true. Uh, our, our problem with Cap is not that he couldn't be there. It's more that the type of time travel didn't seem like he could be there. But we have heard so many headcanons now for ways that it could be. Um, and different. And, and the time stream idea does seem to fit. Or the go using the wristband to go back in time after you've lived your life. Like, all that could work. Um, so... Or just straight up, he's he's a tree in the river of time, as we discussed 
actually, I think we discuss on tomorrow's episode. <laughs> so look forward to more time travel discussion. Because we know you haven't gotten enough. Man, uh, could I, could I, could I just, I'm just like the happiest being getting to talk about the time travel this much. And I know there's probably people out there that are like, why are we ta- having another metaphysical discussion about time travel? And I'm like, because it's the best. Because <laughs> people are like, God, shut up. You're not scientists. No, not at all. I just like to think about the logic of it. There is no logic in this place. Uh, I do have to say, though, we got to watch the promo for Out of the Past. Oh, yes. Let's do that. Uh, okay. Good call. Well... Uh, we just Holy watched the trailer shit, for next Matt. week. Spoiler alert: If you didn't watch, the, if you haven't watched it yet, oh wow, we called this shit hard. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay, next week is apparently about Sousa, uh, and he is the first ever Agent Shield to fall, and they have to decide whether to save him or not. They're straight up doing City on the Edge of Forever. And Mac wants to save him, which is the opposite of what Mac wanted to do when Daisy wanted to kill Malik. So, like, that's a whole, that's going to be an issue. Like, yeah, why is it okay for you to save that guy, but not okay for me to kill this guy? Yeah, yeah. So, that's, but yeah, I think he's joining the crew, man. I think yep. he's joining the he crew has to. 100%. They're going to save him, they're going to fake his death, and they're going to let him live on the crew. I'm freaking excited because I want more Sousa. I love that actor. Um, <gasps> man, this is great. Sousa gets to be the director of the Time Variance Authority. <laughs> that, that would be neat. That would be neat. That would be so uh, awesome. Yeah, I love this, man. Woo, this is great. I'm excited. Uh, this was a fun little microcosm of our uh, batting, uh, batting very low percentages, but every once in a while hitting one, and we hit one tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh super fun super fun all right guys well uh that is super exciting i can't wait and now that we're recording this on monday so we're only two days away so i'm pumped yeah man so pumped all right guys well we will be back with you very soon uh We'll be back and uh, come come join us uh, Wednesday night. If you're not watching this live, we will be playing trivia Wednesday night on twitch.tv slash stranded TV. Me and Jeff are running it and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, all the MCU trivia stuff and you can win a prize and it's going to be really fun. It was super fun Sunday and I can't wait to try it again with this bot. Uh, Jeff built an awesome bot. Come... One come wonder on the glory that is Jeff's bot that he built. I am okay. I didn't build it. No, you 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 changed it, but like yours is so much better than the trash we tried the first week. <laughs> <laughs> I took it and I modified it. Yeah. Um. I'm effectively Justin Hammer at this point. Yeah, but yeah, like but, if Justin Hammer was competent. Yeah, but like yeah, exactly. You turned you turned Justin Hammer's. You turned Tony Stark's ideas better. You like fic you made a good Ultron. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all. We'll be back very soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers.